Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790. The Ticket Tobin here with you as, of course, uh, a little bit of a somber uh, early Sunday here on Fighters Fury down here in South Florida because our boy Jorge Masvidal comes up short in the welterweight championship. Kamara Usman defending his belt, uh, winning by unanimous decision. 50-45 on two judges' scorecards, 49-46 to on the other judges' scorecard. And he remains the welterweight champion of the world. Um, I want to just like look uh, first. First and foremost, we'll do this. We'll uh, like we're gonna get into the Kamara thing because obviously I'm getting a, a lot of reaction last night on social media, and um, you know a lot of people are upset because you know Miami was uh, was riding with Jorge tonight, and they want to see their guy in a brawl. They want to see. You know the the backyard slugger, the the street Jesus, him getting the chance to baptize somebody, and when you're pressed up against the cage for the majority of the fight, and you know you're getting take down uh, the majority of the fight, and you're getting your toes stomped for the majority of the fight, it doesn't present a lot of opportunities. Um, and I can understand why that's frustrating. It's not the most exciting thing in the world to watch for sure, but it was uh, it is it was the key to, the key to victory for Kamaro, and the guy's an absolute monster. Um, it was a smart game plan and that's, that's the sport, you know, like that is the, that is the sport of mixed martial arts. George St. Pierre made a hall of fame career over it, you know, defending belt after belt. Uh, Tyrone Woodley had two fights against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson like that. Um, you know, uh, these guys who are champions, a lot of the time, what makes them great is finding that path to victory. And I got to say, you know, a lot of people, I saw some people saying that Kamaro's going to come out of this and he's, uh, you know, people aren't going to want to watch him. I got to tell you, like, look, his last three performances um, have been very exciting. And even still, that wasn't really helping him. So I don't know. Like, uh, you know, outside of, I guess, him uh, knocking knocking George the bleep out, I don't know what in that realm is going to make people uh, make people happy. Um, but as far as Jorge Masvidal is concerned, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of the fight, First of all, just huge balls on Jorge for taking this fight on six days' notice. That's first and foremost. Not a lot of people in the sport will do that. No, you know, nobody in boxing will ever do that. Uh, few will do it in the in the in the realm of combat sports. Let alone having to drop twenty plus pounds. Let alone in the middle of a pandemic. Let alone going across the world. Um, and so I just think that that has to be that has to be recognized. Is that the guy went in there and. Um, what I think really sucks for him in this regard, and it doesn't mean that he would have won anyway, but what really sucks for Jorge Masvidal is it wasn't like he was a late replacement because he didn't deserve the championship. What pisses me off about it is Jorge Masvidal deserved his championship shot, deserved to have a full training camp, deserved not to maybe get a little bit off kilter and a little bit out of shape, um, maybe having to drop a little too much weight in the midst of a championship fight week. That all happened because the UFC was being cheap. And that, if you're a Jorge Masvidal fan today and you're pissed off at somebody, I wouldn't be pissed off at Kamaru Usman and the way he fought. If I was going to be pissed off at anybody and I'm a Jorge Masvidal fan and I feel like I didn't get the best performance from my guy, you know, Mr. 305, Street Jesus, I didn't get to see game bred at his top game. If you're going to be mad at anybody about that, 
I really think you should be mad at Dana White in the UFC for being cheapskates and not giving him what he was worth from the beginning and having to go to their C choice for Fight Island and ending up with Gilbert Burns after not paying George, not being able to come to Leon Edwards, and then ending up uh, with a situation where you had to go to Gilbert Burns and then late miracles happen and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this entity that sold for $4 billion, they somehow found the the, the means to make it right for Jorge Masvidal. So I think that if you are a Jorge Masvidal fan today and you want to be pissed off and you want to say, you know, not a true loss. Look, true loss, not a true loss. You know my style. I'll do that with the heat all day. Not a true loss. He didn't get a full training camp. But the reason you got to be pissed off is not the way Usman fought. The way you should, the reason you should be pissed is, you know, Jorge should have had a full training camp. He should have been probably better prepped going into fight week. Maybe not having to spend so much energy cutting 20 plus pounds. Maybe being in a little bit better cardio shape for that fight. Again, does it mean he wins? No, Kamar Usman's an absolute monster, guys. And if you haven't watched him, and this was your first venture into it, uh, you haven't watched the Nigerian Nightmare in action, he's 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 actually been a pretty damn exciting fighter. Um, he fought a boring fight tonight. I'm not going to sit here and say that was exciting by any means. That can't be defended. Uh, it wasn't an exciting fight, but it was a smart fight. It took him about 20 seconds into the first round to realize I'm struggling with this guy. And when I was watching, I, you know, I was watching back this week and I was watching Colby versus uh, Camaro. And I was like, and if he's, if he stands, if he, if he does, if there are exchanges in this fight, it feels like he is just way too slow for George to, to, um, you know, to, to get the better end of any of that. And I mean, we saw that from the gate from, from the get go. Um, you know, Jorge hit him with the, you know, hit him, uh, you know, hit him with the leg kick. He got to take it down, pop back up, and even going backwards was hitting with a bunch of stuff and, and good exchanges. Wobbled him a little bit in the first round, um, and then from then on, like the game plan was like, dude, we're gonna press this guy up against the cage. We're gonna, you know, Kamara's uh, he is he is so strong, and they were gonna wear and lean and wear and lean on Jorge, make him uncomfortable with the foot stomps, which I know is getting the meme treatment. The, you know, the shoulder strikes, which everybody loved with Conor McGregor, but then, you know, he does it. Now, he did he did headbutt him twice. Uh, if you if you want to go dirty tax, he did, head, he, he did cut him twice with headbutts. But, um, you know, I, I think that is if you're looking for things that if you're reaching, if these guys match up again, what would be the outcome? Um, I think there's still just going to be stylistic problems for for Jorge it was very reminiscent and I tweeted this out after the fight reminded me a lot of Jorge versus Damian Maya where Masvidal had his moments against against Maya but he spent so much energy and effort in the fight trying not and this is when Maya was on his roll dude um he spent so much energy and effort trying to not get choked out by Damian Maya you know, that the, 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 the instances to, you know, quote unquote, baptize somebody were so few and far between, um, it exhausts you. It exhausts you. You know, you're wearing Damian Maya like a backpack the entire time. He has Kamar Usman leaning on the cage, stomping his feet, elbowing him in the clinch. 
uh, shoulder striking him, you know, and then eventually getting a couple takedowns and trying to push off and trying to keep him from taking down. Like that stuff wears on you guys. So I don't think that's going away for Kamara. Like that can't be denied. The guy's a monster. And, and, you know, I know a lot of, you know, I tweeted that out afterwards and people were like, monster, stomped on his feet. I get you guys. But like, look, part of this is, this isn't boxing. This isn't kickboxing. This isn't Muay Thai. Um, that's the element to it. You know, some guys went boring, you know, um, it's not great. You know, everybody wants to see the striking show. Remember how pissed everybody was at Daniel Cormier when he got, he fought Anderson Silva on five days notice because John Jones tested positive and, you know, could he have had this fun fight and, and, and a memorable fight with Anderson Silva? Maybe, but what if he gets caught with a, 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 a front face kick and then all of a sudden he's not champion anymore. Um, you know, what does that do for him? So, um, yeah, I, I just think it has to be said that for Jorge Masvidal, uh, if I could just say this about him, this guy was thought of as the journeyman. This guy was thought of as maybe a gatekeeper, a 500 fighter, a mediocre fighter for him to do what he did. If it, if it takes, if you guys can take any consolation in this, and I know he probably doesn't, and he wants to win a couple fights and get back into the title picture, but to be at his age and to have nearly two decades in pro fighting and to have everybody define your career and you were able to get to the championship stage when everybody thought you never get there, that's impressive in its own right. You know, you, you can... You can say what you want about, you know, you know, styles and boring match, all that. Just but just take a step back and think about the journey that it took to get there. Fastest knockout in UFC history, you know, knocking out a guy who was way bigger than you, who ended up going to middleweight, and you knocked him out in his own country, flatlined him, and you had the whole world take notice of you for the first time. You know, maybe there were some of us down here who were, were still following Jorge. You know, we've you know gotten him on the show, and he's been an awesome guest for countless times. Countless times. I can't, you know, be more appreciative of how great that guy's been to our radio show and station and all that type of stuff. But the world got to take a look at this guy and notice what a badass he is. What, you know, a guy who, you know, claims he doesn't love doing media stuff became this media darling who's going on get up and could be on late night talk shows and all this type of stuff. Um, and is arguably right now, you know, second to Conor McGregor as far as star power in the UFC. You know, Dana White's sitting here this week and saying, this thing is trending is bigger than Conor Khabib. And then you sit back and you think, wow, imagine if you had, you know, six weeks to actually promote it. Maybe imagine if you started, if you signed the fight back in February, you gave people what they actually wanted money wise. Imagine if you had media, uh, radio row, and all that to lead up to this instead of six days. Um, not that I'm bitter about it or anything. But Jorge Masvidal, to get to this point, to, 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 put, the, to put the game on its head and to think that uh, this guy who's been doing it for 17 years is now one of the biggest things in the sport finally after you know being pretty anonymous for a long long time only you know really to the hardcores you know 
that's incredible and it's awesome and i hope the city is proud of him and i hope the people that are supporting him and that are you know having his back right now and and, and are pissed at the way that Usman fought i hope that you guys will tune into all of his fights with this much energy every single time on the way out hopefully he gets another crack at the belt he's certainly i don't think uh out of the equation especially since he took the fight on short notice um you know i i I don't know what's next for him. I would say we can uh, we can get into a little bit of that coming up on the other side. We have a lot to get into from this card too because it was an awesome, awesome, awesome night of fights. Uh, quite frankly, the main event was probably the biggest stinker on the card, really, um, because the other championship fights were amazing. Um, the other the 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 main card was good. The prelims had some star stuff on it too. Uh, main event was probably the biggest clunker of the night, to be honest with you. But, man, just, I hope Miami's proud of Jorge Masvidal for his, for what he did and, and to where he's gotten over the last, let's call it 18 months, you know, you know, going away after, after his losses, basically, you know, going on this reality show, disconnecting from all of it, and then just starting to, to obliterate fools. And did it all the way to get to a championship fight where nobody probably thought he was that quality anymore. Everybody thought, ah, really? Masvidal? Yeah, writing him off. But really, look at him. He turned the game, he turned he he turned the game upside down and is a complete badass and has represented this city well. He you know, flew around the world, having to drop 20 pounds in the midst of people getting COVID left and right. Uh, you know, he he stayed, you know, he stayed, you know, within himself and was able to go the distance. You know, didn't didn't get finished by Kamaru Usman. Certainly looked exhausted as hell um, in, the, in the midst of that fight. We can break down the fight a little bit more as we come back uh, round by round and then get into the nitty gritty of the card. But um, just in the grand scheme of things, uh, shout out to Jorge Masvidal game bread. Uh, you still got a fan in me. I think you still got a lot. I think you have plenty of fans down here in the city of Miami. I think you have even more fans uh, around the world and we can't wait to see you fight again. So thanks for the show, man. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back everybody. Futters fury here on 790. The ticket Tobin here with you, uh, continue to recap UFC 251 from fight Island, which by the way, what a what a what a bleep show it started off with on the broadcast because you had like it was like narrated by Ron Perlman, and they actually released it a little bit early. They released it on Dana White's Twitter account and feeds, so I had thankfully seen it because um, it like opens up and Masvidal's got the heat hat and whatnot. I was like, oh, heat hat. Um, but then no Ron Perlman, none none of the, none of the the deep voice Ron Perlman. Like, where's Ron Perlman? And they're just like it was. It was like it, it was like the track was completely left off the the pay per view. It was so strange. So I don't know. I don't know who's getting fired over that. Then we started the broadcast, and you couldn't hear anybody either. It was a. It was a. It was a complete bleep show as far as that's concerned. But um, you know that was that was that was uh, that was definitely a strange one. Um, where do we want to go with this? All right, we'll start with we'll, we'll start with the main event as far as. Uh, the fight was concerned and uh, not the big picture stuff like we were talking about with Jorge. Um, 
Yeah, look, I thought he came out humming. I thought he came out humming before Kamara got that quick takedown on on him. Didn't do much with it. Um, you know, Kamara was pressing forward, and Hoyer was kidding with a lot of shots coming backwards. You could just see the difference in hand speed. Um, you know, did grind him up against the cage a little bit. The pace was really fast, and 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 uh, Bisbing, who I didn't think was fantastic tonight on the call, by the way. You know, it's him and John Anik, and I'm not, you know, I think the broadcasters for UFC have been pretty fantastic, and I do think he has a big uh, level to get to because I, I honestly think Daniel Cormier is the best thing in sports broadcasting right now, bar none. Um, but Bisbing, you know, it was one of those things where I was just like, you ever have like a broadcaster you just does, you think just like, I didn't feel like he let Anik flow in enough. I felt like it was Bisbing the entire time. Either way, he said this, he was talking, he did make a good point though about, uh, Jorge just it seemed like his pace was was pretty high like he was swinging for the moon basically on everything he was still pressed up against the cage at a point and so you know did you you know was he able to keep that up I did give the round to George uh, I didn't think it was a lopsided round for him but I did give him the round because I didn't think that Usman did much with his uh, with his wrestling and that was actually the one round where you could really say George got off on his offense um and you know, as the as the, the you know the it panned out for the for the scorecards, you know, two of the judges didn't even give him that round. But if you uh, if you're a Masvidal fan, that uh, that definitely was uh, the one round you could give him. Round two, uh, Kamar Usman got him pinned up against the cage early. Probably the least action we had in any of the uh, any of the rounds. This is where you know he started with the stamp of the feet. Um, he did head he's headbutt him for two straight rounds, which cut open Masvidal. Um, no bueno there. Got some shoulder strikes in. Um, you know, Jorge had some good final moments as the as the round was closing, but he he spent so much of the round, you know, dealing with Usman leaning on him. You could just tell it already. Some of the steam was being let off the shots. Um, you know, the round three was the most noticeable. I thought George is going to have a, a a gas tank problem, uh, and and you know. This again goes to, all right, if he, if he would have, I heard a little bit of Dana White afterwards, and he's saying, well, you know, he was training for him the whole time. Oh, let me take a break. He's talking right now. I mean, isn't it adorable with this guy? Like, it's like, oh, he's been training for the whole time. Dude, you want to pony up with him. If you don't, it, like, it, it, that's the thing that drives me nuts. It's just like, the guy's never wrong. Like, never wrong. Never. It's like, never could acknowledge, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe. Yeah, like, if you, it's like, no, just acknowledge. Yeah, he didn't have a full training camp. His camp was broken up, and that's that. And you're like, whoa, I mean, it was only like a two-week break. No, it was five weeks out from the fight. So it's cool, though, man. You know, do your thing. Do your thing. Do your waltz. It's working for you. You know, you still uh, find yourself to be the biggest thing in sports. It's cool. Um, but, yeah, round three was the most noticeable, and, and it was a point where there was two things that were going on there. You had um, – you had Kamaro hit him low. The ref stopped it. Masvidal took the breather. And, uh, you know, so they kind of reset. They're right there in the middle of the cage. And just, he just can't let it go. You know, like, you just, his arms just, they look weary. They look a little heavy. He said afterwards that he didn't have trust in the cardio that he had, that he probably should have gone a little bit more for Brooke. Maybe, you know, maybe this was a situation where George should have, you know, gone for the kill a little bit more. Um you know, you know, there's part of me that doesn't think George didn't want to get, didn't want to get finished, didn't want you know, Mas, uh, Usman to either choke him out or, 
you know, punch him into oblivion because he's got nothing left on the canvas. So he's a complete fighter. That's the thing with, with, with Jorge. And what I mean by that is, you know, not that he's, you know, as good a wrestler as Kamara, but he's, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. A lot of people, you know, when you say like, did, did Jorge get ragdolled in this fight? That was the, the thought like Colby Covington said he was going to get ragged. He didn't get ragdolled in this fight. Um, you know, I think Usman nailed like what like 17, 18 attempts, and I think he got five of them. You know, but he still—I mean, look—I mean, there's there was definitely a big strength difference. I mean that that was very clear, and I don't think that's going away if they rematch. Um, the you know the element that George is going to have to do—he's going to have to—he's going to have to be in a situation where I don't—I don't know if he's going to be able to utilize his kicks as much. Um. Because I don't know what that looks like in a rematch if he's able to uh, to not be worn out by having to just keep Kamaru off of him. Um, but it was very noticeable in round three. Like he just he just couldn't pull the trigger, um, and that was I think one of his best opportunities. And he took a shot. He did throw one shot. Usman ducked under it and and took him down. And I thought that I thought that really was like the signal of. Ugh. I don't think this is going to be Georgie's night. I didn't think it was going to be his night. When 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 Usman got that first like true double leg takedown, I thought that was that was it. Even the, you know even with uh, him getting up after it, you know he got tripped down right again. Usman started landing the elbows, um, you know, and it it, it and, and 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 you know round four was a lot. It was starting to get to be the same story. Like he was just getting to it a lot quicker. Kumara was taking him down. Back-to-back takedowns. Usman, you know, Masvidal have a nice little flurry, but it wasn't that long. Then he was back up against the cage, and you know, he just got he's just got deadlies. And I'm just I was thinking to myself, this is like very reminiscent of um, him versus Maya. And, that, and this was probably even more exhausting than that fight was, you know, because Maya was kind of like he was wearing Maya as a backpack the entire time. He's hand fighting. He's trying not to get choked out. Um, and he still, he still has, he, the, the, you know, there's still arguments that he won that fight. Like, because his exchanges were so good on the feet. With this one, it he didn't really have anything left for Camaro um, past midway in the fight. He just didn't. Um, so, you know, round five was, was pretty much the same all she wrote. He got, you know, kind of a Hail Mary at the end. Uh, like a Hail Mary 45 seconds. Not much happened in there. Boom, that's all she wrote. Kamal Usman defends the belt. And he is still your welterweight champion. So um, where do these fellas go from here? I think that, um, you know, you could go a couple places. Kamal, you know, the Gilbert Burns, he is number one right now. He didn't lose his position. So do they go to that fight? Um, possibly. I'm sure Kamal doesn't want that fight. And it's not that he's scared of it. It's just a weird fight for him, man. Uh, you know, I've spoken to multiple people who are close to Camaro. Uh, you know, Electric Man, Titan of Seas told us he's good with, he's cool with Camaro. He's cool with, uh, with, uh, with Gilbert. Uh, Rashad Evans, who comes on the morning show frequently. He's just like, there's no way that's not a weird fight. He's mentioned Leon Edwards a couple times. It doesn't thrill, I think, anybody. One, he's beaten him, even if it was a long time ago. Um, and it's just, it feels like with Leon, Leon needs a win for people to remind people, you know, for, for us to be reminded of who he is. Um, him versus Jorge is an interesting one. 
I mean, like, I guess the question has, so I guess the question might be more so, okay, if it's not Gilbert, I know, uh, I know that uh, Usman threw out the, the GSP Hail Mary tonight. I can't see, I think if GSP comes back for anybody, it's Habib. I don't think it's going to be Kamaro for this, you know, greatest welterweight of all time. I just, I think it's, a, I think it's an, uh, an unseatable throne, even if Kamaro beats GSP. You know, just being the age that he is, I just don't think that's uh I don't think that's a mountain he can climb. I don't I don't think it is. And you know, you're talking about okay, you're beating a guy who's forty years old. I don't know, man. It's it's a tough look. So I don't know. I know a lot of people uh I, you know, look, my 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 social media landscape was definitely skewed on uh on Masvidal fans, not and it's not like Kamaro made a lot of fans who are in uh I think in, in I don't think he probably made a lot of it. I actually feel bad for Kamara in some ways because, you know, a lot of people were hitting me, oh, not an exciting fighter. He's boring. Uh, you know, why would you perform like that when all the world's – bro, you got to perform to go win the title. Uh, don't begrudge a guy for doing that. That's stupid. It really is. Like, um, And I'm not trying to sit here and argue and say it's an exciting – style the way he went and won fights but he has been an exciting fight the first, him versus colby was a fun fight uh what he did to tyron woodley if you guys had seen the ride that the tyron woodley had been on and how he beat him holy crap man so look his his resume is getting very impressive very very impressive you know, when you're scrambling this much to look at guys in the welterweight division, like who do you actually think is a, a challenge? And, you know, he's got to reach to the welterweight goat to do it. You know, you're doing some damn good things. Um, so, yeah, he deserves he deserves a, a lot of praise um, just for his title reign. It's been very impressive. And, yeah, I do think he deserves some, you know, he was saying, you know, don't I deserve some credit for staying in and, and taking the fight on six days notice? Uh, yes, yes, but also in some ways, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna hit George with, uh, you know, this is who I was preparing for the whole time, you know, we know that he was preparing for Masvidal a lot of the time too. So, you know, I just give him a lot of credit cause he went and he executed better. He, he did. Um, and Masvidal didn't. And, you know, Masvidal afterwards is saying, you know, with a full training camp and all that type of stuff, he wasn't so much talking about the shape, but he feels like the game plan would be better if uh, his his second time around that he knows he knows the uh, the map to getting it. Um, I do think there is some questions though if you're if you're if you're a Jorge Masvidal fan if you are him, you know does does that involve being able to beat him in a five round fight? Because you know I went into this and I you know I think I think I know I picked him to win, but I think my pick was uh, last week that I said I thought George could get three rounds. And, um, you know, I do think they're probably up because, because Usman was fighting, he was fighting a wrestling style, which obviously the judges like, cause they gave him all five rounds. Um, so not even the round that people thought Masvidal could have gotten, which was round one. They didn't even give him that. But if you do get a, you know, if you do get three guys and we'll get into the judges from the co-main event in a minute. But if you do get the right guys in there and they like your style, could he go and win three rounds out of five? Perhaps uh, if, if he's able to keep up that striking pace, the, I think the question is, can he keep that pace off after also having to keep Usman off of him? Um, can he, you know, he was saying, you know, I got to believe in my cardio a little bit more. He told Megan Olivia that afterwards. Oh, 
we'll see, man. He says he's going to be back in the gym real quick. Um, if I had to handicap what his next fight was, if I had to guess what his next fight would be, I would put it in this. He's, I think Conor McGregor's out right now. Um, that was the big play. I think that if he would have won that, you guys know what I said this week on my show. I said Hard Rock Stadium, January 2021, Masvidal and McGregor would have been in Miami. Um, he kind of dismissed Colby afterwards, although I don't think you should dismiss that because I think it's a I think it's a it's a fun grudge match. Um, Colby is you know number number two in the rankings. So if Gilbert Burns is going to get the title shot, rankings-wise, it makes the most sense to fight him. Leon Edwards, obviously, you have the three-piece and a soda thing, so that's got a nice background, too. Could you put that as a co-main with Kamaro and Gilbert? You could do that. Or uh, Nate Diaz. If I had to guess, um, I would say, man, if I had to guess, I'm going to say, Jorge, Leon Edwards, I think that would be the route I would probably go. You know what? No. No. You know what? I'll be bold on it. I'm going to say this. I would go him versus Leon Edwards because outside of Colby, welterweight guy that people would probably respect the most. He's not going to fight Tyron. They're boys. So I would go... Him versus Leon Edwards, then him versus Nate, then him versus Colby. I don't think that they'll match him up with Colby because not because they think Colby will beat him, even though maybe Colby can. Um, but I just don't think that they want to fight another wrestler, be in a position where maybe Jorge just loses a style matchup rather than just an outright fight. Um and I just, I think that's probably the route they're going to go. I would say it's probably going to be, I'm going to say they fight the highest ranked guy who's not Colby Covington. And I guess that would be Leon Edwards. So that's what I would guess. Cause he's not going to fight Tyron. They're close. And then Nate, um, Nate, I would put two stylistically. He's already beaten him. Um, two stars fighting each other. Although I don't know if I, I don't know if those two could main event a pay-per-view again. I don't know if that would sell the way it did the first time just because, you know, the BMF, the organicness of it, the the rock, all that type of stuff. I just don't know if it could live up to that again. So, I would go with that and then I would do I would say Colby third, not even that he's just not the most deserving to fight Jorge. Um I just think that the two of them, they don't seem to like really want to fight each other that much. Only Colby really wants to fight him. I don't think Corey wants to fight him. I think they used to be, they used to be close, had a bad falling out. Um, maybe know each other too well. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, something about something about those two just doesn't seem like it's, it's squaring off in the right way. So, I think if I had to guess Jorge's next fight, I would guess it's going to be Leon Edwards. I, I, I think that's I think that's the route you go. As you as you fight as you fight the guy three piece in a soda, you can roll that video time after time again. Winner gets the title shot, and I think that's the smart play. 
We'll be back with more. We got to talk to, we got to talk about the rest of this card guys. Um, got to talk about co-main event. We'll talk about the, uh, you know, the, the bantamweight title fight, a lot of great stuff to dive into from tonight. So we'll be on that on the other side, right after this. All right, welcome back, guys. It is Futter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Let's get into a little bit of the rest of the card from last night. Um, it was, uh, I'm sure I'm sure during Monday's show uh, with uh, me and Leroy, I'll get into plenty more of Masvidal versus Usman and, and what was, uh, honestly, the most controversial thing of the night was the co-main event. You had Alexander Volkanovsky against Max Holloway and... Alex ends up getting the win. He won 49-48, split decision victory. And uh, I just thought it was a bad call. I thought it was I thought it was a garbage decision. And, you know, it's tough in these sports with five-round fights to call things robberies. You know, but this is kind of the, you know, sometimes this is the danger of how this sport is because the margin for error is so small with these judges. So... For example, I'm I'm a big proponent of this that a lot of the times when we're watching fights, judging fights, any of this type of stuff, even if you're a novice, a lot of the times what happens in a fight that starts so dominant is we do things called curve grading and or curve scoring. And curve scoring is you are giving a guy more of the benefit of the doubt to win a round because he didn't look as bad as he did in the rounds he was getting absolutely beat up. So rounds one and two, easy wins for Max Holloway. Uh, big adjust, uh, big adjustment by him with uh, with the leg kicks that were in the first fight where he got off to the slow start. He was getting chopped up with the leg kicks. He was going leg kick for leg kick. So he was taking that element of the game away from the judges, or so he thought. Um. But he was, I mean, he was catching Alex with just some, some vicious shots, man. This is beautiful uppercuts, straight one twos right down the pipe. Uh, he was fainting the, the 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 knee all night. He was hitting him to the body with the knee at times too. Uh, just so versatile in the strikes. I just thought that it was just a massive performance by him. Um, and so you're going into round two. He uh, he rocked Alex bad in round two. And it, you know, it was even a point where it was seeing that, uh, you know, it was like, it felt like at, a, at the end of every round, Max was making the big statement round three. Um, I just, you know, and I feel like such a jerk for even scoring it this way, because I was doing the same thing that the judges fell victim to in this fight, because I remember waffling back and forth around three and I don't have a significant scorecard. So sometimes I do things for my fan self. And I'm like, my initial reaction is after round three, that's Max Holloway's round, and let's just move on. But I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's just give it to, to Volkanovski. You know, he was getting got his first takedown, even though it didn't do nothing. You know, uh, you know, Max was landing like the flasher stuff, another knee to the body. He was doing some Superman punches, just all that type of stuff. He and and he and he's you know getting things going. Volkanovski starts getting his best weapon of the fight going, which was his left hand. He was hitting these wild looping left hooks and his jab was looking really solid. So he did have Max coming off on stuff like that. But, um, you know, I did feel like that was coming maybe a little bit too late, but I gave it to him. I was like, I don't want, you know, who wants to go to a fight? You know, it's a championship fight. Who wants to watch a championship fight thinking 
that it's 3-0 and Volkanovski has to knock him out, which he's probably not going to do. So I ended up giving the round to Alex, but I remember, I remember like my fake scorecard. I was like putting it in there as, ah, it's 3-0 max. I was like, ah, you know what? His jab looked pretty good. Let's just, let's give Volkanovski the round. All right, fine. Then you had uh, round four. And again, like Max Holloway is hitting, hits him with these, this, just, he keeps hitting him with this vicious uppercut, which is something by the way, because Vol- he's a lot taller than Volkanovski, even though Volkanovski has the bigger reach. Um, you know, Max is just like, he's dug it down. He's just got those fast hands and, you know, he's hitting him with that left. He's taking him down. He's not doing anything with the, this isn't like Usman who didn't even do much with his takedowns. This this guy was doing nothing with his takedowns. And I just thought, nah, I'm not curve grading again. I thought Max did, had the more significant shots in that round. Uh, he ended the round with a big right hand again. And he just, that, 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 oh, that was always the thing. It felt like the guy who won the round was always ending the round on a big statement. And, you know, so I think Max is up 3-1. And we're going to this final round. Volkanovski clearly desperate. He definitely won this round. He was pressing forward. Max was, I think, probably thought that he had it in the bag, which maybe was a, you know, if, you, which, if you're going to criticize Max for anything, that's probably a bad idea. Because you just lost a decision to this guy that you, you know, thought was crazy because you thought you won the fight clearly. Um, but as he says, as, as blessed, it is what it is. So he fought how he fought it. And also give credit to Volkanovsky. He was bringing the pace. He was he was pressing forward. He was these were real takedowns that he was getting. He ended the fight on top. Um Max maybe a little gassed, you know. Uh, you know, he, he definitely seemed like he came out with a uh a very desperate pace, but I, I thought for sure we were ending with a pretty solid three. You know, I thought it was either four, one or three, two max Holloway. I didn't think that three, two Volkanovsky. And I saw people score this. I saw our boy, George Sedano, you know, bringing out his karate credentials and whatnot. Uh, I saw a couple people say Volkanovsky and I'm just like, nah, bruh can't i can't get down with volkanovsky getting this fight i'm sorry um you know so the scores get red and bruce buffer does the thing where he's not saying it's a decision so he's gonna do the blah, blah, blah. goes holloway then he goes volkanovsky and then it goes for, for uh volkanovsky and still uh and i i just I, immediately i'm just like bad call i, I just i can't i i and because we all watched the fight, and I think if you watch the, and this isn't like a, a thing of, oh well, you know, it's, it's how it's scored. Nah, nah. If you like, if it, like to come away with that fight thinking that Alexander Volkanovsky won the majority of that fight, rounds, uh, time, control, any strikes, any aspect of that fight, you're sorely mistaken. You're just sorely mistaken. And, um, you know, even if the strikes looked significantly closer because he was landing, he did land more leg kicks. Those leg kicks weren't affecting Max Holloway. They weren't. Um, Max was returning basically shot for shot. Maybe not the volume, but, you know, he didn't start landing punches basically until the third the third round. I just can't jive with that decision, man. I, I, I can't. I think it's, I think it's a horrible decision. Um, and I thought Max got screwed. 
I thought Max got screwed, and I think that the problem with this is it has such significant consequences. Because if you're Alexander Volkanovsky, I tell you what, I don't want. I don't want to fight Max Holloway anymore. It's not a blockbuster fight uh, for you now. I don't, I don't know what the the big grab now is for Volkanovsky, but it ain't gonna. It's like I ain't interested in fighting Max Holloway. I, you know, I've beaten him. Tw- I've I've taken him on twice. I've beaten him twice. Um, and normally, if a champ does that, that's that. Now, will UFC make a a um, a concession? You know, will they? You know, look at this and say, well, you know, Max is one of is arguably the greatest featherweight champion of all time. They do that all the time. Here's the thing, though. The thing that sucks for Max is if he wins this and he becomes a two time champion. Um, I think they're actually, you know, I think that argument of best featherweight champion of all time is, is, is more in the books. Like I've always, I've always had problems saying that he's the best because I always, I, and they always, it always, they, they do the same thing every time is they always say it's, it's either Max or Jose, uh, Jose Alda, who we'll get to his performance in a minute too. Um, but I think I always say the greatest featherweight champion of all time is Conor McGregor. And. I just don't I don't even know how it's arguable with the rise that he had and how he cut through the division. Um Holloway, Poirier, Aldo and what was it 15 seconds. Um Chad Mendez uh, on a on a on a short switch. I just don't I, I you know who 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 uh, 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 and the way that he did it just demolishing everybody. Max Holloway he didn't demolish but he had a torn ACL in the midst of the fight. You know, neither here nor there. I'm not here to argue who the greatest featherweight of all time is. The point is, I do think that if Max becomes a two-time champ, then the the resume obviously gets built up a little bit more. And I just think the judges completely hosed him in this. Um, and what does he do now? Does he go to 150? I, you know, if I'm him, I don't even know if I go to one. Uh, I, you know, I know his his first trip to 155 wasn't fantastic. He got pieced up pretty badly by Dustin Poirier. His other venture, he never really got to do because he was supposed to fight Habib on short notice. Um, but I find, you know, at that point, like, what do I? What else do I do? Do I do I stick around and, you know, fight Zabit? Do you can you beat Brian Ortega worse than you did? You fight Korean Zombie. Uh, you know, you're going to sit here and, and be in, in the midst with all these guys. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm him, I'm not, I'm not down for that. I guess it's just, I don't think that would get my juices flowing. Now, who knows? You know, he's a professional fighter. He's a professional fighter. He wants to make a living. I'm sure he'll end up fighting some of these guys. But the point is legacy wise, he should be setting himself up for a trilogy fight with Alexander Volkanovsky and instead now he's kind of in no man's land. He's, you know, maybe not set for, for lightweight. He's kind of done all there is to do at featherweight and all because these judges don't know what they're doing. They don't. Um, and we can sit here and say, well, there's an argument for Volkanovsky to be for, uh, to win three or two. Yeah, but it's not a good argument. It's not a, it's not a good argument. That, you know, the, the reality, but the reality of it is that Max Holloway very clearly won three out of five rounds, which means he should have the belt wrapped around his waist. And there's even a, there's a better argument for Max to win four out of five rounds than there is for Volkanovsky to win three out of five. And that's just that. Um, so that sucks. Sucks for Max Holloway. I feel, I feel horrible for him. 
Um, third championship fight we had, the first championship fight of the car that we had was the Bantamweight title, Peter Yan versus Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. Um, awesome fight. Awesome, awesome, awesome fight. Awesome fight that really, uh, especially the first three rounds. The f- first three rounds, it was like, it was like Street Fighter stuff. These guys were were throwing some crazy stuff, and Jose looked game, man. Jose looked like he was uh, he was ready for this. I thought uh, Jan took it early, hit uh, with a big hit. Uh, Jose with a big right hand, but the big thing that we noticed was the Aldo kicks were back. The kicks were back, baby, and we hadn't seen those in a while. Um, even you know Jose, Jose actually kind of made a he 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 made a, an error, and that was going for the takedown. Um, and I know that I got a lot of praise from Bisbing, who wasn't fantastic on the call tonight, by the way. I know I mentioned that earlier, uh, but he wasn't. But um, ended up being a huge mistake because Jan ended up blistering him. Nearly nearly um, looked like he finished him because he hit him in the ribs. And it looked like Aldo wanted to stop. So um, that was tough. That was a, that was a t- That was a tough ending to it. But then Aldo... Um, definitely took round two. He looked awesome. Was looking, uh, looking like a 33 year old vintage. I, I had a, seen a 33 year old called vintage. Like that's D Wade, baby. Um, he was, uh, he was looking really, really good. Had Jan guessing his defense was fantastic. He was making a miss. Um, round three, I thought that Aldo was just, uh, going at it a little bit quicker. He really bothered Jan to the body. Um, Second half of the round, Jan was uh, was coming on, but I thought just Jose was just making a miss, and then I don't know, like you know, round four just all turned, man. It was just, it was uh, lopsided. Aldo was just he looked toasted. I don't know if he, you know, I didn't go back and watch this fight yet. Um, I don't know, you know, it's tough to know if he got hit with something that just really roasted him, but he was just tapped after three rounds. Hit him with a devastating uppercut against the cage. He tripped him on, finished on top of him again. And then uh, round five was uh, round five was like an execution. It was it was it was uh, Jan putting him down on the canvas early. Put Aldo in a crucifix. He was just unleashing hell on him. You know, allowed to be upset with the referee. Um, definitely let it go on too long. It, you know, I think Aldo's okay, but uh, you know, Jan Jan put it on him. I don't know. Like it looked like a fight where he was losing to. He looked completely dominant from uh in round four and five it was a complete switch so um you know he's a look he's gonna be a, a great uh he, he looks like a, a pretty great well to, uh bantamweight champion excuse me um i did see that Sehudo Sehudo was calling him out afterwards so god aljamain sterling would be so pissed if Sehudo decides to come back now um because uh, him versus him versus uh, versus Aljamain seems like a pretty awesome fight, but we'll see, we'll see. Obviously, if Triple C comes back, then you're gonna have the old champion fight him. Um, I think it's probably smarter to have Aljamain fight and see if Aljamain comes on top because I just feel like Aljamain versus Cejudo for you know weird reasons it's just a much more marketable fight because of them being able to talk to each other. Jan, it's just like Jan, Jan was like ignoring the ref. The ref kept asking him to put his fingers, uh, put his fingers and stop putting his fingers out. He clearly just doesn't speak Russian. He didn't understand the thing he says, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, that was the title fights, man. Uh, quickly, uh, I, cause we're running out of time here. So Rose Namajunas versus Jessica Andrade, uh, agreed with it. 
uh, uh, with the judges who had a 29-28 for Rose. Um, I thought that she uh, she edged out the first two rounds. I thought that the striking numbers dictated that. Andrade looked, uh, definitely took round three and busted her up uh, and had Rose bleeding from the nose. Her eye was closing up. So, you know, if this was a championship fight, probably would have been uh, bad news for Rose. But, you know, definitely took, I thought definitely took the first uh, the first two rounds. Uh, it was a really great striking display. Those those girls are awesome. Great performance by them. Amanda Hebus, she gave the uh, she gave it to, to Paige Van Zant, beat her by armbar real quick. Uh, this is the last fun of PVC's contract. I think she's gonna go to Bellator, man. Uh, I know that Ben Askren said that on Twitter. Uh, Helwani said that on Twitter. Makes sense. Her husband's there. Uh, you know, has been pretty public about her gripe with the pay with the UFC. Um, she's, but she is a ratings, she's a ratings monster. She is, uh, her record's not fantastic and she's had a lot of health problems, especially with that arm. But, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes to Bellator either. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm running, I, I'm running over here. So I just want to get a couple things out of the way, uh, from the prelims, uh, Yuri, uh, uh, what was that dude's name? Pro, Pro, Projaga? Is that, is that how you pronounce it? The new, the dude, the dude from, uh, Czech. He's awesome. That was, that dude's like a chameleon. I'll get his name right after watching him a couple more times, but that dude was like looking off. He's like Nuke Lelouch. He's like the Nuke Lelouch of, M- of MMA looking off and like doing the punching, uh, vicious knockout on Uzdemir. Absolutely sick. Um, Amir Connie, sick anaconda choke on Danny Henry to get the self the win. Leandro Santos against Bogotov. Bogotov, uh, that guy doesn't know how to follow the rules. Hit him in the balls a bunch of times. Uh, need him. Uh, I was surprised he wasn't DQ'd after that, quite frankly. I, I thought that he should have been. Um, so, yeah, that's that, man. Uh, we got two more cards coming up this week from Fight Island. So, we'll have plenty to react to next week. And I'm sure we'll get more from the mouth of Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman and see what more of the fallout is from there. But that is our recap of the card, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Fighters Fury. We appreciate it. Download the podcast. Subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. Look up Fighters Fury. Uh, look up Tobin on YouTube. And you guys can please subscribe, like the videos there. And they'll all be up on the ticketmiami.com as well. Download the podcast too. Subscribe there. So if you missed any of this show, you can get the whole episode. And of course, you got the radio.com app and you can rewind it there as well. Love you guys. Um, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.